Greg Kelly Show. Hello. Uh, what, the last real busy week, the last week before Christmas, and then the, really, in a, way, in a way, the last week of the year. The last full, serious work week of the year, uh, 2024. Did it go? Uh, 2024 is right around the corner. 2023. Did it go fast? It did not, actually. I, th- I think back to the stuff I did in January. It seems like three years ago. I uh, remember my book. Greg Kelly, Justice for All. Hope you got a copy. It's still available wherever books are sold, by the way. But uh, that's when I—that's how I started the year uh, on the book tour, and that was um, that was interesting. That was fun. It just seems like a long time ago. And um, Donald Trump has dominated the year as he will dominate next year. But watch out, look out, Donald. They are coming to get you. And I think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not the first one to say this. It's been mentioned by Bernie Carrick. Tucker Carlson, uh, a few others, that the establishment, they just might try to kill him. They might try to kill Donald Trump. And I am I'm very, very, very concerned about that, especially after reading Liz Cheney's new book, From Cover to Cover. Um, this thing, This thing is a very, very creepy and weird book. There's something going on here. Uh, lots of, you know, obvious examples that I'll get to maybe throughout the week. I, I have to, this book has to be rebutted in an, in a, in a, in a systematic way with evidence. And I can do that, but it's, it's, it's a big book, fairly big, and but it's chock full of weirdo observations, weirdo mistakes, incredible omissions, and it just troubles me. There's something going on. I haven't figured it out. I don't know. And she keeps on bringing up Abraham Lincoln, which sounds like a great thing to do, right? Abraham Lincoln. Who could have a beef with Abraham Lincoln? But she talks about the threat to Donald Trump, or the threat of Donald Trump. She speaks about him being like, if Donald Trump gets elected, America is over, right? And the way she says it, I mean, it, it, it seems to be a call to arms, She's not talking about defeating him. Never talks about defeating him through votes. We got to vote against him or anything like that. It sounds like something else is going on. And it's really dark and it's really scary. And I'll have more to say about that. I have to organize it. I have to. But watch out. They're up to something. And it's really bad. It's really dark. And I don't know where the hell this is going to go. They're getting more and more desperate, more and more desperate. Donald Trump's not, oh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Oh, what about Nikki Haley? Uh, totally not impressed. Career politician. Yeah, oh, she's surging in New Hampshire. She's only 15 points. We always knew this race was going to tighten up. He could not win the primary by 60 points, all right? That's, that's just not realistic. It's not going to happen that way. All right, to be continued there, you probably have not heard about this that the FBI was recording James Biden. James Biden, brother of Joe, all the way back in the 1990s. Now, James Biden made a profession out of being Joe Biden's little brother, and uh, he made a lot of money that way. So there was some tobacco legislation in front of the Senate, and a lot of people wanted it to pass. It would have brought, like, hundreds of millions of dollars against the tobacco companies, right? And a lot of hungry lawyers out there, especially in Mississippi, for whatever reason, Mississippi had a big role in this case. The attorney general down there, I think his name was Moore, and he sued the tobacco companies. And the tobacco companies like had to cough up like $500 million, which was just huge, huge money back then. It is today, but generally settlements go into the billions when you're talking about uh, big tobacco or big anything. 
So this guy in Mississippi signs up Jim Biden, who is basically a lobbyist, although he doesn't call himself a lobbyist. I think he's supposed to as a consultant, pays him $100,000 to get Joe Biden to change his mind on this legislation that Joe Biden said publicly he didn't like. And he came around to liking it $100,000 later for his brother, Jim. Um, now you could, I, is it smoking gun? Well, it, I'm sick of hearing about smoking guns. It's dirty. It's wrong, but it's the system. And if you got a problem with it, just ask the system. Here is Jim Biden being taped by the FBI. The Washington Post broke this yesterday. Big front page story. And they say uh, left and right that, oh, there's no, it's not, not proof of any wrongdoing by Jim Biden or Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, it's really, really scuzzy. And here's Jim Biden. They only released 24 seconds. I wonder why just 24 seconds. But here's 24 seconds of Jim Biden being embarrassed about the situation. Okay, cut 14. You know my hesitancy to be a to to be a you know uh, you know an opportunist, and yeah, sure. everybody is jumping on him. Right. Okay, sure. there's nothing wrong with opportunists. Sarah just rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> so, but to being a whore about it, okay? Yeah. You know, like yeah. everybody just jumping in, like, let me do your insurance, let me do your right. legal. So he's embarrassed about being an opportunist. He's embarrassed about being a whore. <laughs> but I, that that that's that's what he is. Joe Biden actually said out loud, he's a prostitute. He'll prostitute himself for money. He said it when he was a brand new senator. I got to find that clip. This is. All right, what does it mean? Is it is it proof of anything other than that he's a a wheeler dealer willing to be an opportunist, willing to be a whore? It's unseemly. He doesn't like the optics of it. But really, what does he care? Because nobody's pointing out the optics. 30 years later, you got me and some guy in Washington. You try to find this clip on Twitter right now, you can't. Elon Musk was supposed to make that thing free and open for everybody. It's not. And here's the guy he's doing business with who I think went to jail. He's talking about, this is a guy in Mississippi, talking about setting up some sort of consultancy firm with Joe Biden's brother's wife and son and Joe Biden's brother. All right? Sarah Biden, Hunter Biden. Why would some guy in Mississippi want some guy in Delaware? Why would he go into business with him like this? Well, because of his brother, Joe, of course. All right, here's the Southern guy who later went to jail, by the way, I believe, for uh, bribery. Cut 13. I told him that we had formalized our relationship with you guys, told him about the real Washington presence, that this was not going to be, you know, a bullshit, you know, shingle hung somewhere in a window, that this was a real deal, that Sarah was coming on, you know, as a as a named partner, uh, equity share in the venture, that we were changing the name of the firm to include her, told her that, you know, Hunter was going to be involved, you were going to be involved. Hunter was going to be involved, you, Jim, the brother of Joe was going to be involved, your wife Sarah is going to be involved. And me from Mississippi, I'm going to be involved. Mississippi and Delaware. Joe Biden in Mississippi. Joe Biden was the, what state was he from again? What state was he representing in the United States Senate? Delaware. I lived in Mississippi. Um, Mississippi is a, <laughs> can be a screwy place. I enjoyed my time in Mississippi. You got to go back to this. Uh, a friend of mine reminded me, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later. Does that sound weird to you? Doesn't it sound just kind of sketchy? Doesn't this sound like the kind of thing that a healthy country would be diving in and trying to find out every last detail? This tape was uncovered. I think the FBI recorded it. It was stuck in some library at the University of Mississippi. And uh, 
Jim Biden was doing business with a bunch of guys who later went to jail. Does that mean that uh, Jim Biden could go to jail, should go to jail? Look, he got $100,000 in the 90s for getting his brother to change his mind. This guy, the Southern guy, says, I would not have hired Joe Biden or Jim Biden if he wasn't the brother of the senator. I'm just, this is where it takes us, though. Do you think that Joe Biden saw some of that money? $100,000. I guarantee you he did. I guarantee it. Actually, I have evidence to back that up. Hold 10% for the big guy. Giving 50% of my salary to my father. Hunter Biden complained in a text to his daughter. Um, that's evidence. Rudy gave me a lesson. What's evidence? What's and that is evidence. You could dismiss it. You could quarrel with it, but it exists. It is real. It is verified. And we should get it in front of a jury, get all these records. And once we start really, if this guy's being really prosecuted, something that breaks my heart about the election case, actually, you know, when Rudy was running around, uh, he had concerns about the election as I did, but they couldn't get to first base. You know, there is that process of discovery, and they shut him down every step of the way. You know, when you sue somebody, you can't necessarily prove it yourself right off the bat. If I sue Diego for uh, bad-mouthing me behind the scenes and causing me uh, pain and disruption uh, in my mental life, you know, how can I prove that? I, I actually, at this point, can't. But if I take him to court... I can, and I'm suing him, I can actually make it so I get to look through his cell phone. Now, I can't do that when I raise a lawsuit. I have a suspicion, and then I'm out to prove it in front of a judge or in front of a jury. And that's what Rudy was trying to do. He couldn't do. And Bernie Carrick as well. Hey, $148 million, that right there is a scandal. The way the media has reported it is a total scandal. You probably have been told that Rudy Giuliani uh, libeled those two women Shay and Ruby, Ruby and Shay, those pathetic women, totally pathetic, totally and completely pathetic, and I believe faking it. Oh, I can't no more transfer phone calls. I can't no more uh, hand out my business card. I can't no more go to no grocery store. My life is over. Huh? I actually broke that down. And everybody's like, can you believe what Rudy Giuliani did to these women? And and how their lives have been upended? There, there are three things she mentions before the January 6th committed that she can't do no more. Number one, she can't hand out a business card. She's got to be the only person in America who still hands out business cards. Nobody does that anymore. Number two, she can't transfer phone calls no more. I don't even know how to transfer a phone call. I cannot transfer a phone call. Nobody transfers phone calls. Nobody even... Nobody uses these landline phones anymore. I transfer a phone call. Nobody calls anybody. <laughs> the bank wouldn't even transfer you. You wouldn't even get a human being. What's the other thing she can't do? I can't go to no grocery store no more with my mom. I can't go with my mom. Her mother. Her mo- She's 40 years old. What is she doing hanging out with her mother all the time? It's very, very, very weird, everybody. And it's also what we call no damages. There's nothing. Their lives have not not been interrupted by anything Rudy said to a state committee. Rudy has a freedom of speech. And that number, $148 million, shows how corrupt the whole process was. And it's a default thing. Do you know about the default thing? 
They actually never, Rudy never got to present evidence of his innocence, of which there is voluminous evidence that he was innocent and that these women weren't telling the whole story. Um, but it never got that far. So during discovery, that process called discovery, like when I try to get all the stuff out of uh, Diego's phone, uh, if somebody were suing Rudy, well, you want to figure out how much you can sue him for, and you actually do a little bit of discovery, and you find out what kind of money he has. And he was complying with that, but he didn't comply fully enough. So they ruled the whole case against him. The whole case, because he was not forthcoming with his financial data, which does not relate to the merits of this case. And you won't hear that anywhere in the fake news. Rudy Giuliani, an innocent man, a great man, and I hope to have him on the show shortly. He'll, of course, be on his show. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Just to recap some facts about the Rudy Giuliani situation and that lawsuit, right? Okay, just a couple of facts here. Number one. Rudy Giuliani has denied, continues to deny, and I believe well, he, he has continued to deny and has denied all along that he defamed anybody. Now, uh, the judge ruled it's a default judgment against him. All right? It's a default judgment. Now, Rudy tells us, and I think this does bear out, Rudy was not able to present his side of the argument uh, evidence that he thinks would have established his innocence because he could never get past that because of the default judgment, all right? The default judgment. Um, I find the whole thing fascinating. I'm going to be watching every step of the way. Earlier, I pointed out things that uh, those women said publicly, and I just find it uh, pretty, pretty interesting that that was the subject of a national hearing, Right. 148 million, and I'm just going over what they said in the January 6th hearing. And oh, by the way, we can still talk about the January 6th hearings. We can still talk about January 6th. And um, when it came to how their lives were affected, uh, fact, Ruby Moss, uh, I'm sorry, Ruby Freeman, Ruby Freeman, Shea Moss, Shea Moss, Shea Moss said um, she can't go to the grocery store anymore. She can't hand out her business card and she can't transfer phone calls. And she gained 60 pounds. I gained 30, by the way, since all this stuff happened. All right. So let's stay uh, on the edge of our seat. All right. I want to know what the hell goes on. I want to see everything that happens. Can I go back to the 
the Liz Cheney thing for a second. I I just it made me so angry reading the book. I was on JetBlue yesterday, by the way. It's fine. You know, people complain about everything. That that airline, it's fine. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Somebody told me, you know, unless you have uh, lost a limb in war and you got a big, uh, you know, uh, banged up head and you're, you know, just there's very little reason to be angry. I saw this lady get so angry because I don't know what happened. There was a woman standing in front of her for like five seconds too long. Would you get off your phone? If you got off your phone, I could move by. Like, I, it was almost one of those situations where people take out their phone and and depict and capture the the craziness on the plane. I guess it shows that as a country, we're doing okay, kind of, because that's what passes for... No, we're not, actually. <laughs> we're not doing okay, kind of. We're in a free fall. Is it true that the Pope wants to bless same-sex couples? That's what I'm hearing, and he's doing it now? Is this... I heard about it. It's kind of... Um, hmm. Look, the Pope... God, Jesus, I want them to bless every single person alive, all right? You've heard about priests who go to jail, prisoners, and they minister to the uh, murderers, kidnappers, the worst of the worst, and that's beautiful, and they receive blessings, and I want everybody to get closer to God, and that's amazing. But you don't go up to a guy, like, for instance, this is my problem, actually, in the national conversation we have about Christianity. It goes right to the gay stuff. Right, skip right to the gay stuff. And you try to, I think the devil's at work, trying to highlight that and trying to turn off as many people as possible to the unlimited joy, happiness, opportunity that is available to us through God and Jesus. They go right to stuff that they think will divide. You know, I don't think the Pope should be doing that. I don't think the Pope should be doing it. Just like I don't think the Pope... I don't think I could go show up with my Pope or with my girlfriend before I got married. Let's say, let's say, like in college when I was running around like a maniac. And uh, what's the nice word? I hate to use it. It's too much information. I mean, look, like ninety percent of America, I happen to engage in um, sex before marriage. All right, premarital sexual activity was uh, kind of my thing for a long time. Would I go to the Pope and say, hey, this is my new girlfriend, met her last night. Why don't you bless our arrangement? No, you can't do that. You can't. And there's so many other things to talk about. Like, I, That's kind of what's going on. It is. You can look it up. It's in the book. That behavior is frowned upon, at least in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the Quran. listening to the Greg Kelly show. Hey, why is everybody upset with Israel for killing three hostages by mistake? It was a mistake. I all day long, all weekend long, can you believe what the Israelis did? I can totally believe it. It's unfortunate, it's tragic. Uh, but people are laying on the Israelis <laughs> criticizing the Israeli defense forces more than they're criticizing the the, the bloody animals who took them hostage to begin with. You know, once they, the blood is on Hamas's hands, it's like they are responsible for everything that happens to them. 
I've said this a million times, and these idiots like over there at the Council on Foreign Relations, especially that guy, what's his name, Haas, H-A-A-S, Richard Haas. I see him on the TV talking about a lack of discipline in the Israeli Defense Forces. What the hell does this guy know? Let me look it up. Did he serve in the military? Is he one of these guys who thinks the military can do anything? Ooh, precision force, yes. Ooh, we can send in a... We can send in a squadron of commandos, yes, and with precision strike. No, it's big, ugly, and messy, and that's why war has to be fought as a last resort. Sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Not when uh, he and his friends think it's necessary. Look it up. All those Council on Foreign Relations guys, they thought it was necessary to go to Iraq to get the weapons of mass destruction. Uh, yeah, they, they, Ukraine, it's so necessary, necessary. I was on a, on the plane with a lady, very nice woman and very well informed when it comes to fake news. She consumed so much fake news. So it was fascinating to me to to kind of talk to her intelligent woman. But if you read the New York times every day, you're not going to know much and you're certainly not going to know reality. So, um, she thinks the end of the country is going to happen if Trump gets elected, and I'm like, really? What do you what do you what are you so scared about? What do you think? What, what what's going to what, what what's he going to do that scares you so much? Which totally kind of I could tell through for a little. Well, uh, well, uh, he's going to uh, he's going to. I'm like, uh huh. What's he going to do? Um, he's going to take us out of NATO. Yeah, NATO. Hmm. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Is this what keeps you up at night? Whether or not we're a member of NATO. How many countries are in NATO, I asked her. Oh, I can't answer that. What countries are in NATO, I asked her. Oh, I can't answer that. When did we join NATO? Oh, I can't answer that. But this is the threat to America that he will withdraw from NATO, which I don't think he will. He may go over to Brussels, NATO headquarters, and drive a hard bargain and tell everybody to pay up like he did last time. There's a great picture of Donald Trump with his Arms folded, sitting in a chair. He kind of looks like a little kid. (laughs) And everybody is pleading with him. Angela Merkel is like begging him. Everyone's around him begging him. Donald, please, you must must work with us. Uh, Our countries are so small. You are so big. You must pay the bill. You must pay most of the money for the NATO. He's like, nope. Everybody pays their fair share. And that's the way it's going to be. Or I'm going home and we're going to quit this NATO. I loved it. And what did he do? Everybody's suddenly paying their fair share until Biden showed up. Then the January 6th, we started talking about January 6th. Oh, boy, another time. This has happened to me twice at these fancy uh, dinner parties, which, believe it or not, from time to time, I get invited. I often don't get invited back because <laughs> everybody wants to talk politics, but they don't necessarily want to talk what's really going on. And I asked this guy, you know, January 6th, and I'm talking about the Liz Cheney book, and he was very smart. And I said, I'm worried about what the Democrats are going to do next time because this Liz Cheney book freaks me out. I mean, if she's willing, I I feel like she wants to kill Trump. If the threat is that dire that he poses, according to Liz, she's almost saying that people have no choice but to do. And it's scary. And I said, look. If they could pull off January 6th 
And a woman says, what do you mean pull off January 6th? Oh, you know, leaving the doors open, shooting that unarmed lady. Uh, you know, what are you talking about? The Capitol was invaded. It was invaded by, it was an insurrection. I said, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And she, you better shut up right now. She told me that. You better, you better shut it right now. I said, you know what? Un, under normal circumstances, I would say, okay, for the sake of this dinner party, I'm going to just uh, give you some leeway here and say, okay, well, let's change the subject. Let's change the subject and talk about, uh, I don't know, how good Biden is, or uh, let's talk about Bidenomics, or let's talk. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. All right. I'm not wrong here. And you got to open your eyes and you got to look at the evidence that's out there. And there is. And it's been censored. It's been chased off of social media. And by the way, we got to take social media. We got to take it. I think Britain is up to a good idea, uh, keeping kids off of it. Um, and look at social media. I can't even find the Biden audio where he says he's a whore, where he says he's an opportunist. Jim Biden. Um. But all these people who think democracy is hanging by a thread want to shut me up. You can't talk about that on social media. You can't talk about it there. You can't talk about it. I can't even talk about it in a private home. I mean, we can talk about it behind closed doors at least, right? No. Well, no, that's not how I'm rolling. I used to. Uh, 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 deference to my elders, you know, I was, okay, all right, whatever you want to do to be happy. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. Not that I really ever did, but this really got under my skin and I don't care. I don't need as many friends. If I lose a few friends in the, in the, in the process, okay, just fine. I'm gaining a lot of friends too. A lot of people who, you know, I'm looking for the friend who doesn't agree with me, but on, on, on even Trump on issues like that, but sees January 6th for what it is. They're pretending that it was bigger than the Hiroshima bomb blowing up on Washington, D.C., and it wasn't. I went through 9-11. You probably went through 9-11. You remember what that was like here in New York. What we all saw, what we all went through. Life wasn't normal for, what, a year? It, everything was weird and different. January 6th, by that night, everything was back to normal. That night. All right, I, I still have to do something big and detailed on it, but I'm just going to pick out a couple of snippets, just a little couple of things here and there that bothered me. Um, Donald Trump was dealing with a military leadership that was in open defiance of the commander-in-chief. The Secretary of Defense, a guy named Mike Esper, was defiant of President Trump publicly, as was Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He fired Mark Esper's ass, just like he should have. And they're saying, oh, this is another threat to democracy. Why? Why? Because Donald Trump got rid of somebody who was unelected. Trump was the elected one. And listen to this. She says that the guy who comes next is a threat to democracy. His name is Chris Miller. He was the acting secretary of defense for the final two months there. And listen to how she describes him. Remember, This guy is a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan, a career military officer who went on to do pretty pretty interesting things in the private sector. Cut 15. Although Chris Miller had briefly been placed in charge of the National Counterterrorism Center, he had never managed anything close to the scale of DOD. He was quite possibly the least qualified nominee to become Secretary of Defense 
since the position was created in 1947. No, that would be your old man, Dick Cheney, that marshmallow. Dick Cheney was one of the least qualified people ever to be Secretary of Defense. Most Secretaries of Defense, most, have just a smidgen at least of military experience. Not all. Les Aspen didn't. Uh, A lot of uh, uh, Bill Perry did not. Uh, But most of the great ones did. Casper Weinberger, uh, who else? Uh, hmm. <laughs> Where are my secretaries of defense? Rumsfeld was a terrible secretary of defense, but he was in the military. Um, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Well, who wasn't in the military? Her marshmallow father, Dick Cheney. I call him marshmallow because, well, he got out of going to war by getting four different deferments. Four different deferments. I got a wife. Uh, I have a wife and a baby. Oh, I have a wife and a baby, and I'm enrolled in graduate school. I have a wife and a baby, and I'm enrolled in a double graduate school. I have a wife and a baby, and I have a bad heart. I, all, these, all these little uh, things to get out of military service. And that was a real liability when he was made Secretary of Defense by George H.W. Bush all the way back in 1989. All the way back in 1989. Um, Let's see what else here. Here's another. This guy, Cash Patel, has been on this show before. I like this guy a lot. Um, He was a, I believe, a former federal defense lawyer. You know, they have a cadre of uh, federal prosecutors, of course, but they also have federal defense lawyers. He worked for the federal government, I think, as a defense lawyer. He has worked for Devin Nunes on Capitol Hill, the Intelligence Committee. He's one of the smartest guys I know. He has a book about all this stuff, Gangsta DC. I'll get the name of it while we do this. He's from Garden City, Long Island. Cash Patel. And you know what? He had the um, the confidence of Donald Trump. And that's kind of how it works. Somebody's elected, and he gets to put people in the jobs where he wants them to be, to serve, uh, to serve in his administration. Uh-uh. The Swamp has something to say about that. Listen to this. Cut uh, 16. Cash Patel was appointed on November 10th to serve as Chris Miller's chief of staff. As far as I knew, Patel had no military experience. He had never served in any capacity at the Department of Defense. But Patel was a Donald Trump loyalist. The president had reportedly attempted to appoint Patel to several other positions throughout the government, including as deputy CIA director and deputy FBI director, only to meet strong resistance, including threats of resignation, from the agency professionals who would have had to work with Patel. It's an old swamp trick. We will resign. We will resign en masse if the people get their way. Career professionals. Throughout this book, what comes across is that uh, Liz Cheney has such reverence and respect for everything that has nothing to do with democracy. Anybody who's not elected, she thinks is like the... The cat's meow. She that it's oh, this person came to serve Washington D.C. No, they didn't. They came to uh, get their ticket punched so they could become a lobbyist. That's how most of them work down there. Everybody who's unelected, staffers, even the guys who work at the AV squad. I mean, it's fine to work at the AV squad on Capitol Hill, but don't go around telling me that they're heroes. And everybody's a hero except for the schmucks, the schmucky Republicans, uh, Mike Johnson. McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. It's funny. In the book, she falls all over herself with Nancy, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi was calling me. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Madam Speaker, how do you do? 
with McCarthy, it's always, hey, Kevin, you're wrong. Hey, Kevin, don't be a jerk. Hey, Kevin, for real. Hey, Kevin, you stink. I don't like Kevin McCarthy either. But the reverence for uh, Pelosi and the uh, contempt for McCarthy and other Republicans is pretty interesting. Cash Patel, the name of the book is Government Gangsters. That's the one, which I haven't read yet. I got to go through it line by line. This now more than ever. All right, there was another guy named Tata, T-A-T-A. She's going to make this sound like the end of the world. Donald Trump appointed him to, uh, well, let's, let's, this is the audio book that we're listening to from Liz, okay? Let's let uh, Liz tell us all about it. Cut 17. I've also named retired Brigadier General Anthony Tata to be acting Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. Tata was yet another Trump nominee unable to win Senate confirmation. In this case, Trump was appointing him to the very position for which the Senate had refused to confirm him just a few months earlier. Hello? Hello? You hear that? Oh, he was not confirmed by the Senate. This is what Bush and Cheney did all the time. Whenever they found somebody that they liked, that the Democrats didn't, they'd give him a, what what do they call it, an interim appointment or a, uh, like a spring break appointment. The, The Congress would go on break. And then they make that. They did this to John Bolton. John Bolton, the UN ambassador, right? Remember him with the big, weird, uh, walrus like mustache? The war lover, total war lover. The one who called for, hey, didn't he call for the, uh, the demolition of the United Nations? Hey, that's, he could provoke somebody. There was all this other stuff like Donald Trump provoked threats. Donald Trump inspired threats. And I looked it up. Wait a second. Saying that uh, Mike Pence lacks courage, that's not, that's not a threat. Yes, but it provoked a threat. How do you draw that line? How do you... So we're not supposed to say anything because some lunatic may take it the wrong way? You see what I mean? All right. I got I to gotta figure out the right way to handle this book because it is fake news. It is a fake narrative. Um, it dominated, this line of thinking dominates most people's heads, right? This is what they've been sold. Remember the hearings that took place? I, I laughed at them, but a lot of people saw them, and a lot of people buy the lies about January 6th, the lies about Donald Trump, and this thing, it cuts me to the core. Something, something is rotten, totally rotten with this book. I'm not done. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. you 
You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Are we ready? Oh, it's good. So you heard about that car that slammed into the Biden motorcade. Well, just before, do we have it yet? Oh, okay, anyway, it's funny because he's uh, talking about his crummy poll numbers, and then <laughs> there's a total crash. Um, everybody's okay, right? Yeah, everybody's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about the guy having sex in the uh, Senate Judiciary meeting uh, room. That was something else, huh? Was that weird or what? Um, although, I don't know. Why isn't that? Uh, have those guys been arrested yet? They should be arrested, shouldn't they? If we're going to do everything to the January 6th people who didn't hurt anything or break any, anything. Uh, well, why don't we arrest them? These guys didn't break anything. They didn't hurt anybody, but I'm sure that's against the law. You can't do that. You can't do that in a public venue. Have any kind of sex, gay, hetero, whatever. Right, Daniel? Hello? Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hi. Uh, So, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family and your audience. Happy Hanukkah and all of them. Uh, I just wonder, have I seen too many movies or what? But they don't know the hostages are alive. Isn't proof of life part of the whole process? Uh, I think they proof of life. I've never heard it put that way, but yeah, that's when you take a picture with the newspaper or something like that. So we know, okay, that guy's still alive. Uh, I do. I, I don't know if that's actually happening between Hamas and, uh, and Israel. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a feeling it is cause we haven't heard anything about dead hostages except for these three. So we know that they've released hostages. So I don't know. I don't know. Proof of life, though. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I imagine, because they got these talks going back and forth, that they have that. I hope that they're alive, of course. But uh, uh, proof of life is a new thing. I've never heard that before as a phrase. It just started with this thing, right? Have you ever heard it? No, no. No, it's in it's in action novels, stuff like that. I know, know it's in action, but I just have never heard it before. And everyone's talking about proof of life, proof of life. Well, let's pray that they're alive. And also, let's remember the people who are responsible for them right now is Hamas. we got to get them the hell out of there. And, yeah, three hostages were killed, friendly fire, I guess, uh, the Israeli troops, uh, their weapons. But this is, this is on Hamas. I can't believe the criticism that they're lobbing that they're heaping on Israel. Thank you, sir. Nate. Yeah, good afternoon. I just want to talk really briefly, if I will, about uh, the disparities, the disparities between uh, criminal crime rates and uh, different racial groups and how the media tries to downplay that for the sake of political correctness. All right. So what's up? Give me a specific example, because a lot of this stuff gets anecdotal and very slippery. So what do you got? Oh, no anecdotes. I'm talking about cold, hard facts. Now, with regard to murder uh, in the United States, uh, about 50 percent of the murders are committed by African-Americans. Yes, you can actually look that up in my book. All right. So they're they're only 13 percent of the population, by the way. That's a big problem. yeah, that's huge. And and the vast majority of people who are being murdered by those uh, black criminals are black black citizens. They Criminal. don't say GD. All right. Just oh, leave okay, that you're out. A- you're, you know, all right. You're making people uncomfortable enough with all these facts. Now you got to throw in some profanity. Don't do that. But keep going. All right. So George Floyd was a career criminal, a drug addict, a porn actor, and an absentee father. He's no role model. He's no model citizen that you want to promote as a hero or a martyr. 
uh, okay? But post George Floyd, the police have actually, you know, consciously uh, stepped back from enforcing the law against violent criminals on the street because yes. they don't want to end up like Darren Schoen. Uh, yeah, this is be- this is all true. This is all true. Hey, I'm surprised you even knew the porn star part. It is true that, um, and nobody talk. It's also in my book, by the way. Have you been reading my book? You ought to. Uh, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I put in there that, um, and by the way, this is neither here nor there. Just because he was in a porn movie doesn't mean he deserves to die. Quite frankly, just because he uh, did something in 2004 in Texas with that knife in the pregnant lady doesn't mean the cops had any uh, right to kill him later. But the cops did not kill him, actually. They didn't. But when you deify somebody like that, statues and schools named after him, I want to know everything about the guy. Everything. Just like I know about John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe, I know about uh, this guy in the porn. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 